So we're released from the bondage of sin. This is one aspect of redemption. We're released from the guilt, the debt. Sin pays wages. And redemption, we're released from the very guilt, the debt of sin. The day you eat of that tree, you'll surely die. The wages of sin is death. But the gospel of God, the whole Bible speaks of how we can be set free from the guilt of sin. So we'll watch that develop. And then we're set free. We're redeemed from futility. Futility. Just the futile nature of life lived apart from God. Live for self. Welcome to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue on our study of The Truth Shall Set You Free. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, The Truth About Redemption. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. Today we want to look at the truth about redemption. So I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to Revelation, Revelation chapter 5. If you're new to the Bible, just turn to the end of it, and uh, you'll be in Revelation, the last book. And it's kind of a culminating scene. In fact, I wouldn't say kind of. It is. And I just want to glance at it as we uh, talk today about this matter of redemption. Lord, as we turn to your word right now, we invite you to speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit, the one who wrote this book. Oh, Lord, open it up for us and open our eyes to see the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. We thank you in advance in his name. Amen. The book of Revelation is a drama, and I just jumping into it right at an amazing point in the drama when John thinks that there's no one who can really take the title deed of the earth and open the book and bring justice and righteousness. And then he's stopped, and there is one, and he is called the Lamb. And I want to just read one verse because the, all of heaven, everybody falls down and worships the Lamb. Verse 9 of chapter 5, they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. He purchased us with his blood. He redeemed us. That's really what it means, this matter of redemption. He purchased us with his blood. You know, we, um, we look back and we rightfully shudder when we think of the evil of slavery in our nation, the institution, and all the wickedness that went with it. Even just, uh, it's good for us, I think, to look back and 
think about it and read about it, and you can't do it without uh, shuddering. We fought the bloodiest war in our history to rid ourselves of slavery. More men died in the Civil War than in World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq combined. And uh, how thankful we can be that we look at that in the rearview mirror as a nation and not still living in that kind of wickedness. Uh, when we went back and visited the Lincoln Memorial, they have etched in the granite his words. He was so gifted at saying he didn't have long pages of speech. You couldn't put on a monument, but the Gettysburg Address and then the second inaugural address. In the middle of the war, after hundreds of thousands of men had died, Abraham Lincoln said this, and I read it there, and I remember thinking, whoa. He said, thinking about all the blood that had been shed, if God wills, he said, we hope it comes to a swift conclusion. They'd been at it four years by now the war but there was ne not necessarily an end in sight and he said we hope it 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 ends but if god wills that it the war continue until all the wealth piled by the bondsman's 250 years of unrequited toil and until every drop of blood drawn with the lash shall be paid by another drawn with the sword. If God wills that every drop of blood drawn with the lash be paid for with a drop of blood drawn with the sword, he said, we will still say, the judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Imagine... Imagine yourself. There were Northerners who would pay, would pay and purchase slaves out of slavery and set them free. Imagine yourself being liberated, being redeemed. Uh, we're looking at this great concept that Jesus said, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. We saw last week that God is a God of truth. When Jesus hung on the cross and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit, he was quoting the 31st Psalm, the next line, and our Lord had Scripture coming out of him. As, even as he died, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. O oh Lord, God of truth. He is the God of truth. He's a God of liberation. And his means of liberating, his means of liberation today is the truth. Jesus Christ is the truth. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Don't be subject to slavery again. 
You've been bought with a price, the Scripture says. Glorify God in your body. If therefore the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. When we talk about this matter of redemption, we naturally talk about liberty and freedom because the Redeemer, we call him that for shorthand. Redemption is one of many things that flow from the cross, but we almost instinctively can understand what it means to be redeemed, to be bought back, to be purchased. It's a wonderful thing. And today we want to look, and we'll do this each week, at a specific truth, not a truth versus another truth. We talked about that last week. When Jesus said, I am the truth, he said something that isn't all that popular today, wasn't all that popular in his day either, that there is truth. Oh, no, Scott, don't you realize we've kind of said there's really no such thing as truth. You can kind of have your own truth. We talked about that. In a world totally confused, in a world that's in bondage to the imaginations of man, that there's no such thing as truth, God says, I am the truth. And in a world of untruth, truth sets free. And today we're going to look at a truth of the truth, okay? An aspect, truth about redemption. Now, redemption is an economic term. It, uh, speaks, it, it speaks of being purchased or bought out from. And it has in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, uh, it has the idea of being purchased out of slavery, and into freedom, redemption, uh, from sin to life. When Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, uh, we stopped on this verse. I won't have you turn there. You can just listen to this because it says it so well. He said, uh, be on guard for yourselves. He's talking to the leaders, the shepherds. He said, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church, the called out ones. That's what the church is, those of us who've come to know Christ. If you know Christ, you're part of the church. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. God purchased us for himself. Turn, take a look at this one. Turn to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Because uh, to get this sealed in our minds, it's important. This is one of those great statements where you get a handle on uh, a whole concept. Verse 14 He's praising, you know, the great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. And he describes him this way, who gave himself for us. Now, let me just say, many of these great truths flow right from the cross. And there'll be overlap between redemption and reconciliation and justification and sanctification because they flow from the same person and the same event, 
Okay, But anyway, he says, he gave himself for us. He died in our place. In every generation, there are those who are uncomfortable with that. And in our day, there are those who are starting to talk about, that's not really, and undermining what theologians call the substitutionary atonement, the truth that the Bible teaches from A to Z, that someone died in my place. I should have died, but God's own son died. Well, anyway, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Now, these things, Titus, speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Don't let anybody disregard you. Teach this with clarity, Titus. Well, keep your your eyes there, and let me just suggest to you, we're going to see that the Bible gives three great aspects of this matter of redemption. We are redeemed. We are purchased out of from sin and its bondage because sin doesn't just happen and then that's it. Sin has a way of enslaving us. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, they found it changed everything. And their their very nature began to sin and their kids, they didn't have to teach their kids how to sin. I didn't have to teach mine, did you? <laughs> it, sin gets hold of us. It enslaves us. And we, and actually, it's a helpful word. We hear quite a bit about it today. Uh, when it first started to be used uh, more so, I was a little bit wondering, I don't know if, if that should be thrown around that loosely, But, you know, the more I hear it and the more I deal with people and the more I read the Scripture over the years, this word addiction. Now, I don't mean to slight the reality that addictions are very real and certain things become very addictive, but just the same, the more you look at life, sin in general has a way of becoming addicting. And it's not altogether wrong to speak of the addiction to this and the addiction to that. And we do it so much today, I don't think I need to defend it. I'm simply saying it's a good word because addiction gets hold of you and you don't, it doesn't just naturally go away. You don't just grow out of addictions. You need to be set free. There needs to be intervention. And so we use the word small a, in a lot of variety of ways, and there's help that you can get, horizontal help, you know, and interventions and that sort of thing. But when we talk about the real addiction to sin, there's only one who can set us free. No man, Psalm 49, can by any means redeem himself or give to God a ransom for his soul. The redemption of a soul is costly. And he should cease trying forever, that he live on eternally, that he not see the pit. So we're released from the bondage of sin. This is one aspect of redemption. We're released from the guilt, the debt. Sin pays wages. And redemption, we're released from the very 
guilt, the debt of sin. The day you eat of that tree, you'll surely die. The wages of sin is death. But the gospel of God, the whole Bible speaks of how we can be set free from the guilt of sin. So we'll watch that develop. And then we're set free. We're redeemed from futility. Futility. Just the futile nature of life lived apart from God. Live for self. In other words, the futile way that most people in Portland live. Maybe you. You say, well, Scott, I'm in church. I know you're in church. I'm not talking about whether you're in church or not. I'm asking, have you been redeemed? Have you come to know Christ? Are you in Christ? So we're going to look at this matter of redemption, and it's from sin, it's from guilt, it's from futility, and it's to life. In fact, it is to something that we Christians, if you've been a Christian for a little bit of time, you probably have embraced, and maybe you've embraced so long this concept, you'll hear Paul say, I'm a slave of Christ. The first time you heard it, slave of Christ, but it is so beautiful and it's so common in the Bible that we who've been Christians for a while, you've been a Christ follower for several years, you've, you've learned to love that term, a slave, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. But it's shocking when you first hear it because, you see, we thought, we believed the lie that we're here to live for self and we're here to do our own thing. And we hear that all the time. We were designed for God. And you're not really free until you're free from that other stuff and free to live for God. Free to get up in the morning and ask, what do you want? To actually say, not your will, but not my will, but yours. We say it the other way, so wrong. So often I almost said it wrong. Get up in the morning, what do I want? <laughs> but no. And we honor our Savior, our Redeemer, who said at the very crux of life, not my will, but yours. So anyway, redemption is very practical. It permeates the Bible, and we're going to look at truth about redemption. The Old Testament, if you sweep through it, uh, it is basically centuries of God's people longing for redemption. Since Adam and Eve sinned, God began to promise a Savior, a Redeemer, a Liberator. And the promises got more and more specific, and we'll celebrate these. If you're doing the Abide, you're, you're seeing at least one each day where we take an Old Testament truth and then copy out both the Old Testament promise and the New Testament truth that this is Jesus, this one who will crush Satan under his feet. This is Jesus who was raised up on a stake like Moses raised up the serpent in the wilderness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if you're with me on that, if, and if you're not, get one of those cards and I would say a great way to spend December uh, in God's Word. But the Old Testament speaks of a Redeemer, a coming one. And then the New Testament, turn to Luke 1. Turn to Luke chapter 1, because the New Testament opens 
with uh, the announcement. Luke chapter 1, and by the way, uh, I was talking to, I forgot uh, the setting, I can't remember, but the, just the joy of the early chapters of Luke and how they set the table. Some guy was mentioning to me this week, and I thought, it's so true. So this is a good place to spend some time, too, in the next few weeks. Luke 1, 2, uh, Matthew 1, John 1, the beginning of the gospel, you know, of these four gospels. But Luke 1 begins with an announcement, and I'm not really speaking as I say that, of the announcement, verse 26, you know, Gabriel coming to Mary. It begins with an announcement prior to that, remember? Uh, Zacharias and his wife couldn't have kids. And Gabriel came to Zacharias. And actually, it begins there, verse 13. The angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you'll give him the name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb, and he will turn many back of this, turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the ad, attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And you're going to call him... John. He names him. Now, these miraculous births that the Bible had many of in the Old Testament, these announcements of miraculous births are, of course, like all the Old Testament, pointing to the miraculous birth, this one who will be born of a virgin. But for now, I want you to just see this. Zacharias, you and your wife are going to have a boy, and you're going to name him John, okay? And you remember, Zacharias had a hard time with this. And he said, how could this be? And Gabriel said, hey, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And Zacharias was unable to speak, remember? Until the baby was born. Turn over a page. Fairly long chapter here, really. And uh, amazingly, they uh, said, what are you going to name this baby and Elizabeth said John and they said well what? you don't have anybody in your family named John and they went to the dad and he couldn't talk <laughs> and he scratched out on the tablet his name will be called John you've been listening to Abide in the Word with Pastor Scott Gilchrist please stay with us Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, The Truth About Redemption, a message from our study in the Foundational Truths of the Faith. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to abideintheword.us. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you've ever wanted Pastor Scott's sermon library in the palm of your hand, we have a new app available called the Abide App. It's available in both the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. 
Along with the sermon library, you'll also find Scott's written publications, biblical seminars on a variety of subjects, daily devotional videos, this radio program, and the Abide Method, a monthly Bible reading and writing plan developed by Scott to give you the opportunity to read and write out Scripture. These resources all come free within the app, so if you're looking to deepen your relationship with Christ, please consider downloading the Abide app in either the Apple or Google App Stores. We'd love to get this valuable resource into your hands. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us in person for our Sunday worship services at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at the church located at the corner of Southwest Murray and Weir Road in Beaverton. You can go to our website at swbible.org for more details. We hope to see you there. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. But imagine yourself picking up a debt that you could never pay. It just, the list goes on and on. That's what has accumulated against us. There is a list of debts, verse 14, a certificate of debt that we could never pay. It goes on and on and on. Every sin would condemn us, and we sin by thought, word, and deed. We're in big debt. And then imagine someone taking that and with a big red stamp, paid in full. Tear it up. Look again at verse 14. Canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to us. He's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Join us again next time as we continue in our study. Pastor Scott will bring part two of the message titled, The Truth About Redemption. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you.